0: The studio of Politics Weekly presents a special reaction to the second round of 2020 Democratic presidential debates featuring two nights of debates with 20 Democrats hoping to take down Donald Trump. Tonight, we have our guest Scott Stalker in the studio. Night 1 features Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, former Colorado Governor John Higginlooper, Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan, former Maryland Congressman John Delaney, author Marianne Williamson, and Montana Governor Steve Bullock. Night 2 Features Former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden California Senator Kamala Harris New Jersey Senator Cory Booker Former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Julian Castro Businessman Andrew Yang Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand Washington Governor Jay Inslee Colorado Senator Michael Bennett New York, New York, Mayor Bill de Blasio. Our reaction to the 2020 Democratic debates starts now.
1: All right, everyone, welcome to a Politics Weekly special. We are covering our reaction uh, to the second round of Democratic uh, debates. Uh, and right here with me today uh, to, to, to discuss that, he was a guest on the show before. He's a political analyst, uh, Mr. Scott Stalker. Thank you for joining me again. Oh, thanks for having me again, Nolan. Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, before I get started... Uh, if you like the Democratic debates, I think by the time this is up, the Libertarian debate should be up on uh, our account, so make sure to listen to that if you haven't. Uh, but let's get into the debate. So, uh, like with the last one, there were two nights of debates. Uh, night one, uh, featured, uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, South Bend Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan, former Maryland Congressman John Delaney, uh, author Marianne Williamson, and Montana Governor Steve Bullock. Uh, Whereas night two uh, featured... Uh, Former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, California Congresswoman Kamala Harris, uh, uh, New Jersey Senator uh, uh, Cory Booker, businessman Andrew Yang, former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Julian Castro, Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, Colorado Senator michael bennett uh washington governor jay Inslee, uh and uh and new york new york mayor bill de blasio uh, of course notably absent there was miramar florida mayor uh uh wayne messam didn't make the cuts he was on a previous episode of our show he didn't make the cuts uh businessman tom steyer got cut Um, As did former Pennsylvania Congressman Joe Sestak, Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton, and most controversially, former Alaska Senator Mike Gravel, who made the donor requirements but still did not make it onto the debate stage. Uh, So let's start with night one. Who do you think were the biggest winners? Who do you think were the biggest losers of night one of the two debates?
2: So uh, the most interesting part of night one i thought elizabeth warren i think that's pretty popular opinion at this point uh she didn't certainly didn't lose any ground and she has a very powerful presence um and she's likable whether or not you agree with her politics i think she she seems she smiles she's charismatic and she's kind of like all the all the things that if bernie sanders had those attributes he would be You know, more of a threat as a candidate. Uh, So I thought I thought Warren won. Um, I I I didn't think I don't know why Beto is still on the stage. I don't understand exactly why he's still on the stage. I just don't see anything happening, you know, there anymore. But I think Warren was a big big winner of night one, certainly.
1: Um, Now, uh, a lot of the time on uh, night one, there was a bit. There were a lot of. There's was a big fight between a lot of the progressives, a lot of the more far-left wing of the party, and the more moderate wing of the party. Um, how do you think that went over? Do you think that that helped uh, the moderate wing of the party? Do you think it hurt the far-left part of the party? Do you think it helped the far-left part of the party? Or do you think it hurt both of them? Did it help both of them? What do you think?
2: I was fascinated. I can't believe... I, I was stunned that CNN... Actually, came up with a debate format that brought out some issues that Democrats need to debate. Is is it feasible to give everyone free stuff? Was sort of the theme of the night, and there are two two you know uh, camps there. Medicare for all was one of the big uh, you know repeated themes, and so there was sort of like uh, so can we give everyone free stuff, and. Should we take away options uh, from people, you know, and the it was striking to me, Delaney versus Warren or Delaney versus Sanders. And, um, you know, ultimately the, uh, you know, Hickenlooper and those guys, it was fascinating. I thought it was really fascinating. I don't think it hurt the party. I think that it's so early in the process that it actually helps the Democrats quite a lot because they can read you know, polling data that, um, is responsive to this type of debate. And then they can, uh, more finely tune their messaging mm-hmm. and they can also more finely tune their policy positions. So in, and, and in that way, it was unsurprising also, cause I thought, wow, if, if the Democrats needed, they need to have this discussion, yeah. is this a realistic position? Is this a position that's going to win over Americans, um, you know, and I, th- and I think it was—so I think in the end it's going to be very beneficial to them.
1: Um, now, uh, do you—out of all the Democrats on the first debate night, uh, was there anybody on the stage whose poll numbers you think could be helped by this debate?
2: Well, there is one, at minimum. There's more than one. But at a minimum, I think you're going to see Williamson get a bump. I, I know—I I don't think she's uh, in it for the long haul— at some point, things are going to get serious and they're going to be much more centered around policy than they are around, you know, the visceral sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, talking points and, and uh, sound bites. She's She for the first time really came out and the soundbite she was generating obviously struck home. I'm not a fan of the audience, um, you know, being in the theater because I think people tend to play to that and it becomes more sensationalized, she had the best night she could possibly have. <laughs> so she's going to go from zero to like two or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will, you know, it'll definitely help her. I thought uh, Amy Klobuchar uh, had a a better night uh, than, say, well, I think, um, you know, Judge I think, moves sideways. Mm-hmm. Tim Ryan, I'm waiting for him to drop off the stage. I don't think... Um, I don't think he's there for long haul So if anyone gets a bump, I think Warren probably gets a bump. Uh, Delaney might see something in in the Blue Dog Democrats, you know, part of the party. But I don't think that's who basically are the prime primes, the people that are going to really be the kingmakers for the primary season. I don't I think Delaney's probably the most sensible candidate, but therefore he won't he I don't think he'll get. Uh, much more than, uh, you know, a little bump out of this. But, so Klobuchar, Delaney, and Williamson and Warren, I would say. And I I bet you Judge drops just a little bit. I didn't think he had his his best night.
1: Um, now, is there anybody who you think, af- out of all the candidates on the first debate stage again, do you think there are any um, that uh, have to drop out now? Right? Or do you think that there are some that are, Going to have to drop out after this performance. Um, they just didn't do well. They just aren't polling well. Their time is running out. Is is there any candidate from the first debate stage that you see?
2: So I think again, I think Williamson somehow is going to make the next debate because uh, there's enough people. On, I think that she will appeal to that will probably get her just a little bit further. But I don't. But it doesn't make any sense because in the long run. It's incredibly unlikely that she's going to become president. Uh, I think Tim Ryan also, who looks like he hasn't had a nap in 20 years, he definitely should take some time off. And um, he could get off the stage now. Steve Bullock could get off the stage. John Hickelumberg could get off the stage. Beto O'Rourke could get off the stage. John Delaney. I think Delaney's going to make it a couple of more rounds. I Mm -hmm. bet you he got enough exposure there. His... Um, I thought his biggest fault was when he was on camera, and he was speaking, it was fine. But when he was being uh, questioned by another candidate or responded to or attacked by another candidate, um, his mannerisms were not. They should study that. He needs to be a little bit more controlled. It seemed like you know he was almost panicked at times. Yeah. Um, but I th- I think Amy Klobuchar, Buttigieg, you know Sanders, uh, you know and Warren are going to be the ones from the, the, that first night that you're going to see move forward eventually.
1: Well, now, going back to Delaney, overall, do you think his performance uh, helped his campaign or hurt his campaign or did nothing? Oh, it had to help.
2: It had to help because I think a lot of folks didn't know his name. And then CNN did him the favor of basically uh, you know pitting him against the stars. And some folks, I know a lot of Democrats that don't don't believe in free stuff, and they don't believe that's they think it's a fantasy, uh, and that we can't give everything away. Um, you know, this doesn't mean they're not bleeding hearts, you know, and all those things. But the, so I th- I think Delaney offers an alternative. Um, it was it was refreshing. I thought his answer on the wealth tax was very informed. He understand. He he seemed to under, understand much more than. Uh, Warren would, um, you know, give him credit for the the best way maybe to extract wealth. I don't know. I'm not saying I endorse that, but, uh, you know, raising the capital gains tax. And he seemed to also understand some wonky uh, kind of nuances in uh, tax law that perhaps are holes in Warren's, you know, entire approach.
1: Um, now, uh, of course, the last round of debates controversially uh montana governor steve bullock uh was cut this time he made the cut and he was on the first debate night or he's on the first stage of the debate night um do you think um how do you think he did do you think this helped his campaign do you think this hurt this his campaign or do you think
2: he didn't move the needle that much i don't know if he moved the needle that much it's difficult when you know and this is probably every one of their uh campaigns complaints. It's so hard when you're diluted by 10 people and you're fighting for airtime. I don't think he did a bad job, but you know, there's nothing remarkable. Um, Delaney certainly had some remarkable moments, you know, Williamson for better or for worse, had some remarkable moments, uh, certainly had the crowd, you know, at a couple of times and seemed to understand how to connect with them emotionally. I, again, I don't think that's the best way to have a debate. Um, there should be more about facts, but uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't think Bullock probably moved the needle. Maybe he he will continue because he has enough um, support, uh, but I don't think he's going to be on the final debate stage.
1: Um, now uh, you talk about Williamson. Uh, Williamson uh, during the first debate, there were a lot of uh, quotes that people were uh, making fun of. That people were quoting. Um, Uh, Tonight, right after the debate, she was interviewed, and they said, were you happy uh, with uh, your performance? And she says, well, it depends upon how many memes they make of me. (laughs) Um, Do you think uh, she had a more serious performance this time? Do you think she did better than she did? Do you think she did worse than she did? And do you think this was overall a positive or a negative for her campaign?
2: I think certainly a positive for her campaign it's it's still hard to take her seriously but she does uh know how to string some words together apparently apparently done the math exactly right herself As she uh came up with a number between 250 billion and 500 billion and there was a moment where she said and if you'd done the math you know 40 acres and a mule and the, and the crowd starts to cheer and she says would be worth trillions so apparently she's decided to settle settle for you know uh you know pennies on the dollar for some reason i don't know I don't know why she went there exactly, but i don't she's not going to be on the final debate stage um, but I think there's going to be enough of a fringe element to support her for a little while uh, so she'll probably make the next round
1: um, uh, now uh many people thought that this was a make or break for Bernie Sanders. Uh, do you think this made or break, broke his campaign?
2: I don't think you can break fifteen percent. If you're if you're Bernie, it seems like his base is, you know, very loyal. Um, they're they're very much into maybe the character that he portrays, uh, because as we know, uh, you know he as a uh, you know de- declared himself a socialist, but is also a millionaire that owns three homes, doesn't pay his campaign staff. And those things came out in it. And I'm not trying to slight them, but those are just the facts. I mean, that's just, you know. So, But I don't think people are dissuaded from that. But I do think the threat to Sanders was sitting or standing right next to him, and it's Elizabeth Warren. I think she has generally the same economics, maybe slightly improved, and more charisma. I think Bernie has this sort of anger that comes off, which helps because a lot of people are angry. Uh, you know, so that represents them, but you know, and at the end of the day, I think you have to have more than one kind of emotion you know in order in order to really be successful um and uh at one point
1: uh, uh Hickenlooper and uh Sanders got into a scuffle uh about uh health care um Do you think that that helped Hickenlooper? do you think it hurt him uh or do
2: you think? again it didn't move the needle for Hickenlooper it's it's difficult I think to move that needle because although I think Hickenlooper and Delaney at the end of the day have a more realistic position that encourages I, I think um, appeals to more Americans right and that's what you're trying to do is you're mm-hmm. trying to create a coalition or a movement that has a majority uh, either vote for you or a majority of you know electorates um, you know vote for you And, um, I think it's very difficult for Hickenlooper, you know, uh, Bullock, uh, Beto O'Rourke, Tim Ryan, those guys to create that, uh, coalition. Similarly for Pete Buttigieg, who has a ton of charisma, is very likable, but is polling at like zero with African Americans, which is a huge, or, or as Bernie might say, huge, uh, you know, voting block for Democrats, um, so you have to find a way to create a coalition. Um, and I don't see that as a winner for Hickenlooper or Delaney, even though um, they may be right. I don't think they're populist enough um, to get through the primary. What were some
1: specific moments from moments from the first debate that really stood out to you in your mind?
2: Well, there was the, uh, I mean, the classic was Bernie saying, I wrote the damn bill, uh, which again was Angry Bernie Um, you know, and then there was, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren saying, um, I don't know why anyone would go to all the trouble of running for president just to tell us what we can't or shouldn't try to do, uh, or accomplish. Um, so I thought that was good. Uh, I thought Williamson on, uh, reparations was very powerful on Flint. Uh, I thought it was extremely on point actually. And, Talking about that, this would not have happened in her neighborhood, you know, because it was a white affluent neighborhood. I mean, that's honest. And it definitely resonated with the, the local audience. I'm betting that it resonated with a lot of folks. And that's what's going to kind of turn into a, you know, one or 2% uh, polling bump for her from, from zero. Yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about night two uh, of the debate. So, who do you think were the biggest winners and the biggest
2: losers of the first debate? So of the second debate of the second debate, right? So the second debate, I thought Cory Booker just had the night of his life. He he came off as uh, even when he was beating the living daylights out of Joe Biden right to his face, he was still smiling, and that takes a lot. It takes a lot. He's he's definitely a polished uh, you know individual, and he has his facts straight. Um, so I thought Cory Booker was the biggest winner of night two. S- some uh, some folks are saying Julian Castro. I don't think Castro has that um, that next level. So I just didn't see. I mean, he ha- he definitely is a polished speaker. Um, he's definitely not his brother, which uh, you know he had to point out to Michael Bennett at one point. I think Michael Bennett was confusing uh, Julian with his with his brother a little bit. Um, Kirsten Gillibrand, who also is polling at zero or one, probably had the best night of her life. Um, you know, she at one point was really nailing uh, Joe Biden. I thought uh, Biden had a great comeback in that he pointed out that now that you're running for president, maybe you know things have changed a little bit. Um, I the biggest loser of the night. Um, not that not that it will. You know, ultimately, be his uh, downfall. But I th- Joe Biden was terrible. Was absolutely terrible. That and this is anecdotal, but the capper was him giving out a website when he was supposed to, at the end during his closing when he was supposed to be telling people to text, you know, Biden to three zero three three zero. He told people to go to Joe three zero three three zero, and. I, I imagine his campaign was just beside themselves. You have millions of people, and you not only confuse them but he can't carry that simple of a message. How to go to my website or how to connect with my campaign that is that is basic you know uh politician one o one how do you connect with me? How do we create this coalition and he also he couldn't finish he couldn't finish certain thoughts he seemed to not want to. Uh, Engage in certain debates he'd said during the week that he was going to be less polite, but it just didn't uh it didn't seem like um, like he has the um, the, the control uh, that you that you really need in order to come off you know looking presidential another big loser for the night, Bill de blasio uh, who was begging to be relevant, um, interrupting everybody he could. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, he's going to last much longer than whatever the business interests of New York City can pay for. I think if his supporters, I would be willing to bet if we did some analytics, would be mostly people that are interested in doing business in New York City currently, and are basically, you know, paying, you know, for some some type of Uh, attention let's say you know nothing nothing uh, incredibly nefarious Um, Kamala Harris I think was sideways she did not have the moment that she had you know previously for whatever reason Tulsi Gabbard uh, decided to do the oppo dump on uh, Harris it could be that Tulsi is you know ultimately not not pulling well enough and she's going to go you know and support Biden uh, that was that's kind of my guess um, but I thought Tulsi maybe laid a glove on Harris a little bit uh, H- Harris called Vice President Biden senator um, some folks are making a point at of that because uh, Vice President Biden called her kid um, and then I thought Andrew Yang whether he becomes president which is extremely unlikely I think he's a star. He's a very, very likable guy. He's funny. Joe Biden? uh, No, Andrew Yang. Oh, Andrew Yang. He he is self-deprecating. I do not agree with his economics, but there was a point at last night where I thought, if I'm really frustrated, I may write Yang in as a protest vote. Um, Obviously, we're a long ways from that. But I thought, although I don't think he's going to win in the long term, I thought last night was a win for him personally, and I thought his closing argument was particularly powerful.
1: Um, Now, uh, everybody was talking about before this debate how this was a make or break moment uh, for Biden. Um, He uh, obviously, during the last debate, the first debate, um, there was a a moment when Kamala Harris uh, did take a jab at Biden and his, uh, his campaign was hurt a little bit by that. Um, and everything was being—it seemed like everything was being thrown at him. Many of the candidates on the stage were going after him uh, and uh, attacking him. How do you think he responded to those attacks? Do you
2: think he responded well, or do you think his responses were weak? If it was—if it was a fight, the corner would have been thrown in the towel. At one point, Gillibrand was hitting him with some of his own words. And he he was unprepared for that. You can't prepare for everything. I get that. Um, but wow, they were powerful. You know the w- these are women who are basically shirking their due- their responsibilities as women because they want to go out and work. That was really, I thought that was really powerful. It didn't it didn't finish well for Gillibrand, because the vice president. Ultimately, kind of said you know well, this you're this is convenient. You're saying it now. Um, Cory Booker was. I, I thought, absolutely destroying Biden at one point. And he had a great line, which was, uh, you're dipping in the Kool-Aid, but you don't even know the flavor, which I don't think on the stage uh, maybe resonated as strongly as it did, I'm guessing, for people that were watching in certain communities. I bet you that was a killer line. Um, and Booker seemed to be smiling the whole time that he was basically prosecuting the case. Against Joe Biden and the fact that Joe Biden supported all of these laws that, um, in Booker's words, destroyed you know the community that he lives in today, um, and and I think the only thing that Biden could have done really was kind of admit that he had been wrong in the past and that he evolved, but he seemed to um, kind of you know shrink from that. Uh, he did not seem in command in in just. Uh, you know, normal um, debate. Uh, He, he did not seem like he was in total command of his thoughts. Uh, I think he wanted his time to run out in certain, certain points, which is never good. Most candidates are begging for more time. So, I mean, he was, if nothing else, he was certainly up against the ropes. He has enough big donors, big money donors to certainly last out. I think he'll be in the final rounds. Um, My guess is if Kamala Harris moved the needle last time on him, on on Joe, you know, downward slightly, that this will not help. And that enough exposure of Joe Biden's uh, perceived inadequacies uh, will add up over time and that he'll ultimately suffer from that.
1: Um, Now, the last time you were on our show... Uh, this was right after Vice President Biden got in, um, and you said that uh, you believed that uh, Vice President Biden would be overtaken uh, by another candidate. Now we're, as of the time we're recording this, we're in August, uh are at the beginning of August. Polling since then has c- consistently shown he's had a narrow but consistent lead. Um, the other day there was a poll that came out that showed him uh, leading uh, Bernie Sanders by double digits and was still number one there. Um, uh, do you still believe that uh, he's going to be overtaken?
2: Oh, yeah. I think I think if last night, if we can extrapolate from last night forward, right, and say, all right, that's going to be the performance standard for Biden, which I believe if you look at his past performances, you know, maybe the, um, you know, uh, Maybe, maybe the past was a little bit better for Joe, but, it, but he has never really had it all together. He was definitely a gaffe machine, and now he's the, he's the man. He was vice president before, senator before, but now be, you know, becoming president, I don't think you're gonna see a, a change in Joe Biden where all of a sudden he becomes this dynamic leader and speaker, he's, he's never been that. Um, you know the, the other thing is Biden has benefited from an assumption by a lot of folks who really aren't familiar with him. And I think that these moments of truth that occurred during the debates, when it is actually him and not just, you know, this um, imaginary persona, which a lot of people, Uncle Joe, I mean, I like the whole, you know, memes with the Camaro, you know, washing the Camaro in the White House driveway or pointing to, you know, Obama and those kind of things. Those are all funny and I bet you he's got a big heart. But I I just can't... I think the best quip I heard from last night was, you know, when he gave the website out instead of giving a test message out, someone said, I think Biden just gave us his ATM pin number instead of giving us his campaign, you know, website. And it's just the poor guy, you know, I don't think he has what it takes to make it through the entire process. But he does have a lot of big money donors. So he's not going to go anywhere quickly. Yeah. Uh, But my prediction rate remains the same... Um, and that he will not be ultimately the nominee. Um,
1: now, um, we talk about Cory Booker. Uh, do you think that uh, Cory Booker will see a significant uh, polling jump?
2: He deserves to. Uh, you know, and it's up to the voters to, to determine that. Uh, the Democrats certainly will, will um, you know, have, have their voices heard. I think he really deserves to. This was a very good night for Cory Booker. He, during the uh, post-debate interviews, was glowing, but not um, over the top, not spiking the football, still very sober. Um, But I think Team Booker, when they got back to the hotels, were probably very happy. Uh, And I think there were some other teams, like Team Biden, who was, uh, that that debate was a disaster for Joe Biden. It was it was terrible, and I think there there is probably more of that to come. Is there just no changing, you know who he is? But but for Booker, um, you know you would expect to see a bump. Maybe uh, you know Kamala. You might see come down just a little bit because I thought Tulsi Gabbard really when she did the apo dump. Uh, I thought I thought she laid a glove on on Kamala. She she seemed to lose her rhythm, rhythm just a little bit.
1: Um, now, speaking of which, um, this was a make-or-break night for uh, both uh, Senator Bennett and Congresswoman Gabbard. Uh, of course, uh, the next debate, the uh, the requirements are going to be higher. Um, I believe you need to have 2 or 3 percent, and I believe at least 5 of the polls nationally that are verified by the Democratic National Committee, and you need to have at least 130,000 signatures the requirement last time was that you had to have just 65,000 signatures um, so uh, they really needed to knock it or they needed to do well enough uh, to get into the next debate in September on ABC um, uh, do you think that they,
2: uh, they did what they needed to? it's difficult to say uh, they're two different very different people Gabbard certainly got attention, but she had to look at her notes quite a bit. And I just think if you have a, in you, I guess they have a thousand things going on. They're trying to hit certain points and, uh, points and use certain language. That's very difficult to do. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying she did an awful job. But on t- and on radio, that would not have made a difference. But on television, it was, you know, she was obviously glancing, trying to find the next word occasionally. Uh, I wonder well, uh, mid debate. I wonder how Bennett was playing in the middle of the country because he he seems to have. Uh, I know. I think he's a Colorado guy. Yes, Colorado. And, so, he he seems yes. to have um, some midwestern appeal. That I I don't know that that plays well in the you know the um, you know in in Michigan or Illinois or Ohio and so you know to those types of audiences initially. Um, but I wondered how he was doing overall, you know, geographically. Um, he's an interesting, an interesting guy. The other thing I wanted to point out was um, we look at these uh, poll numbers for Biden, and if you look at the California numbers, which is a has a huge number of uh, Democrat, um, you know, primary electors, uh, Harris and Biden are are like one. They're within the margin. Uh, I think Biden's got her by a point. If you look at Texas, Beto O'Rourke is winning. Uh, if you look at Florida, Biden is winning. Um, you know, I think in the Northeast. You know, Warren is Warren is closer to Biden, like within six points or something. You know, the margin of error might be four, so really within two points. And then you see a debate like this, and that might be even closer. So, you know, looking at a national poll, okay, that's that's kind of like looking at the popular vote. But then winning elections. Um, as you know, has come down to coalitions, and it's a state-by-state effort. So if you start looking at those really big states, Biden is not dominating nationally. He is dominating most of the counties across the United States, but not necessarily the biggest states that have the most electors.
1: Uh, Is there anybody who you think uh, could be forced to drop out uh, after the second debate uh, out of all the people
2: on stage? It would, be, it would be amazing to me if Gillibrand if has a way forward. Um, I personally, you know, I like her. She's a, I, don't, I don't agree with all of her policies, but she seems like a nice enough person. But the, um, the attack on Biden, I don't know if that helps her. I don't think it does. To me, that was probably brought out from an alliance uh, with maybe someone else like uh, Warren or Kamala or, you know, Sanders or Buttigieg or something. Um, so I think I, I would be surprised if we continue to see, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand. I think Andrew Yang has enough niche support um, and is likable enough to get people to throw in three bucks or whatever the, whatever the you know, minimum uh, money is. He's going to have the donors, I think, and I think he's going to have Polling, but it's going to be close, uh, you know. So he he may or may not have to drop out. Um, I, I will admit my bias. I like his personality, so I so when he says things, I think I, I maybe value him a little bit more. Uh, I don't see how Bill De Blasio continues. I don't know. I bet you he can get the money, if there's a dollar figure. But I I'm guessing that he can't get the distribution. The Democrats are saying you need so many thousands of donors 65,000 donors you know or so on and so forth so I would I would expect to see de Blasio Gillibrand maybe maybe Yang um I don't know about Ensley. uh Williamson I think is going to continue on Tim Ryan I think will be out Delaney might get a bump big enough to be in Hickenlooper might be out and Bullock could be on the on the fence I'm not sure
1: um, now, what were your thoughts, and this goes back to both nights, what were your thoughts on the moderators? Of course, there were there was Dana Bash, there was Jake Tapper, and there Don Lemon.
2: How do you think they did? I think they did, it's a tough job. Yeah, my one serious criticism is of Don Lemon. I know he does not, well, I believe he does not like President Trump. I understand that, uh, from his point of view. Uh, he characterized, um... The, the president's tweets as bigoted and racist. I get that. Uh, I get that characterization. Um, I think if you're going to be a serious, you certainly aren't gonna be moderating the presidential debates, uh, because if that's your characterization it shows um, a definite bias, there's another way to say the exact same thing um, without showing your bias. And so I, I, it was either at a minimum it was lazy, um, But for me, I took note of it, and I thought, well, that's unfortunate, because I think Don Lemon's a really smart guy, and he asks, you know, good questions. I liked Jake Tapper for a long time. I follow him on Twitter. He's actually very funny. Um, And I I thought, overall, they did a good job. The first night, they were much more uh, strict on time. The second night, they allowed for much more redirection and um allowed themselves to be talked over a little bit more so i don't know if the dnc had input there or how that if that was a, an adjustment they were cognizant of or if it just was a stream of consciousness and it happened i'm not sure but um it was definitely a different uh you know sort of flow on both evenings um now another
1: person uh, who really needed to do well to uh to make it on to more debate stages uh is uh Governor inslee how do you think he
2: did i mean not not bad um, i don 't uh so i 'm sure the glasses were so all these all these everything that you 're seeing is there' are very high paid political consultants sort who of are thing about everything So, the glasses were interesting the um I don't think Inslee had a moment though where you, would, where he, you sort of captured the room or or, you know or the the audience at home, so it's difficult to say. And it goes back to that whole thing when you have ten people, if you don't stand out, you know how are you going to move the needle, right? How is that going to affect your polling? And I just didn't see him, as, as standing out in any particular way, right. Um...
1: Who do you think after this debate is most likely to get a polling bump
2: overall both right yeah. so I think I'd be shocked if Cory Booker didn't um is it, he showed exactly what's made him so popular. He had a great response when he was being attacked for you know basically you know gun violence in his city um and he tried to do it very delicately without basically putting down all the Democrats that are in his uh you know in his state. So I thought he did a really good job of that. I'm guessing Elizabeth Warren, um, if folks, the difficult thing to determine is how many people watch both nights and, it, you know, and is that affecting polling right now? So I'm guessing that the amount of people that are watching both nights of Democratic debate at this point are pretty hardcore and that a lot of folks are still, you know, watching the Mets game or watching you know, uh, reruns on television until this gets whittled down a little bit. So even though, and that may mitigate some of Biden's damage uh, a little bit, but, you know, I think you see Warren, I think you see Booker, um, I bet you Williamson, uh, even though she's still not, in my mind, a serious candidate for president. um, Amy Klobuchar, you could see, um, you know, gaining in the polls um, from last night. And Delaney might be the moderate that people didn't realize were was in the race. Um, he seems to have a lot of energy and a real command uh, when he speaks. Um, let
1: me see. Oh, uh, what were some uh, key moments from the second debate that really stick out to you?
2: Well, I made mention of it before, but when uh, Gillibrand was uh, going head to head with Joe Biden and using his own words and biden seemed not even to uh you know acknowledge the fact that he had said these things and i think at one point said that she was mischaracterizing him but she was quoting him so uh i thought that exchange was powerful um you know i i think biden has some definite baggage that was uh i wonder if there are previous you know campaigns that uh staff for the republicans are going why didn't we use these things um because he's apparently got enough baggage you know there the uh the other the other moment was between him and cory booker um when he was talking about you know the laws that you created um were supported um destroyed you know my community i thought that was very powerful and genuine he was Biden, again, was being hit for the Hyde Amendment support. Um, he had just told Kirsten Jolbrand that, oh, you know, you're being conveniently, your views have changed now that you're running for president. And the redirect uh, against Biden was, isn't that what happened with the Hyde Amendment that you'd um, long supported? And now that you're running for president, you've, you've conveniently evolved on. Um, obviously, because he's a front frontrunner, all the attacks are aimed at him. We'll have to see what the you know uh, viewership how that translates into you know polling numbers. I thought those were the biggest night the the biggest moments Williamson out of the two nights I thought had the most visceral reaction uh from the crowd and i I think that was resonating with folks that were just watching it on television also i'm I'm not even a hundred percent supportive of her policies or if you could call them policies or her opinions. Um, but it seemed to resonate with me even. It was, it was, I thought, um, yeah, she did a really good job. Um,
1: and, uh, were there any moments, uh, like specific moments that really hurt one candidate from either of the two nights?
2: Oh, that's, just. Uh, other than, you know, what we've said about, uh, Biden already. I, I thought that Harris, uh, did not have her, you know, if she was a baseball pitcher, we'd say she didn't have her good stuff that night. I don't know what it was exactly. Um, she seemed to not get sort of the cadence. So I think she didn't, she didn't have the best night. Um, other than that, there wasn't, you know, better O'Rourke at one point, I tried to basically reiterate what Williamson had, had just said, uh, you know, about reparations and, you know, the, systemic racism in America. And I, it just didn't... It seemed to fall flat. I don't know that Beto has uh, much support outside of uh, Texas. Uh, but other than that, I don't think... Um, you know, I don't think there were any bigger losers.
1: All right. And one more question before we wrap up. Uh, out of both of the two nights, if you had to pick one winner, who would it be? And if you had to pick one loser, who would it be?
2: Well, I... Th- I th- so there is a, a bias about temporal immediacy. So it's the things that we've seen most recently. So trying to weigh that out, I still think Cory Booker had the best night. Uh, he came off as very charismatic. As I said earlier, when he was attacking Joe Biden, standing right next to him, looking right at him, he was smiling. There was no animus. He was laying out the facts. And I think he came off as extremely likable. Um so I, th- I think he's he had the best night overall. Some of that is because, fortunately for him, Joe Biden is on stage with him. That's some luck of the draw, right? These, they're apparently drawing these things randomly, and the fact that he was in that uh, group of ten versus the other group of ten really allowed him to have those moments. I think, I think, I would I would guess universally, everyone would agree at a minimum joe biden was suffered a loss not a catastrophic loss likely because of he has enough inertia and support um but not being able to finish some basic sentences um, and also get his thoughts together and really present a defense of himself or acquit himself you know with enough confidence to say that perhaps i've made some mistakes but it's not the man i am today and here are all the other good things that I've done to sort of balance that out. Uh, surprising, um, not you know, and then bumbling his uh, website address at the end, which was really supposed to be a text message, um, was probably the cherry on top.
1: All right, well, thank you again, uh, Mr. Soccer. Uh, we of course will uh, not be doing another one of these until September, uh, when the next one uh, happens on ABC. Uh, But make sure to stay tuned in September for that. uh, And I think that's uh, about all. That's about it. Bye.